It's shit show time. I'm Lagan, and the hills are silent. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm Brian. I've I've had my silent fill of shitty movies. Oh, is that good? I don't know <laughs> yeah, if that's good. Something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm Christian, and I'm also here. I haven't much to say about these movies. Yay. I'm I'm Uwe boiling rage that the skills necessary to get a movie made and to actually be good at making movies. <laughs> Guys, I think we need to get better at jokes. <laughs> that is, this is not a, a joke podcast. Start. It's fine. Uwe it's fine. boiling with rage is pretty good. <sighs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be That's fair. pretty complex. Look, look at the look at the planning we have going on here, guys. Two weeks, two episodes ago, we had horror movies with video games in them. Last episode, we had an adaptation of a short story, and this week we have horror video games that were adapted into movies. Um, I think this was kind of an interesting bent because uh, when you're uh, adapting a book, um, you do have to distill the story down, but you get to add. Visuals, music, you get to add a layer of experience. And with adapting a video game, you'd still have to distill a lot down, but uh, you're taking away the interactivity part of it. And so the question for us is, what do we get instead? Uh, today we have <laughs> uh, Resident Evil, Silent Hill, and House of the Dead. And where shall we start? Hey, let's go with Resident Evil. It's okay. the earliest, so... I hated Resident Evil. I hated this movie. I remember when it came out, and I was super excited, because Resident Evil scared me. And uh, this was one of my biggest letdowns in cinema history. Wow, I could think the complete opposite. Introduce it, Brian. Resident Evil is about... A shadowy organization, the Umbrella Corp, that creates a virus that reanimates uh, dead cells to, you know, cure everything or whatever. Of course, it gets out of hand. We all know this. Creates a bunch of zombie mutants and stuff. Um, So, uh, it takes place in uh, an underground umbrella structure. The Hive. Thank you. A bunch of people wake up. There's a security force comes in, everything goes all topsy-turvy, and Mila Jovovich, whose character is completely made up for the movie franchise, um, saves the day. Fuck, I don't know. This is <laughs> this is such a generic trash movie. You could take all the events and place it in different contexts, and you wouldn't be able to distinguish it as Resident Evil. It's just... A bad zombie movie. Okay, here, here, here's where I'm going to counter Brian. Is while the idea of genetic experimentation and stuff is certainly old hack, uh, the the fact that there's extra gooey monsters that they were trying to build on top of the zombies, which is taken from the video game, kind of raises it a little bit. I get, I get what you mean about it being generic, but here's here's my problem with the Resident Evil games and a lot of horror video games in general is. A lot of horror video games are very generic horror premises and the extra add-on, the value from turning it into a video game is you get to play through it. And this is, it's like being in your favorite zombie game. And so 
this is a problem that they're always going to have where like they're, they're they look like they're taking bits and pieces from other films because a lot of video games i mean video games have probably moved past that and i would argue the silent hill games have kind of like moved past that a bit in terms of like being their own thing and original original and stuff but the like resident evil and especially resident evil 4 at their best work as tributes to cheesy horror films you know my perspective on this is going to be different because uh, these are video games I never played and as we've established already not a big video game person so to me this is just movie and yeah I found it rather bland and generic some of this practical effects and set design uh, art direction I found problematic as well they just looked naff and cheap obviously the computer generated effects are terrible <laughs> pretty 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 darn bad and, I, and i'm yeah. watching those thinking well is do they is this just shit cg are they going oh it's based on a video game so it can look like a video game no i think at the time that was supposed to look impressive i don't see i would kind of dis. well we don't know but like this is 2002 yeah. where like there's plenty of like, excellent creature features before 2002 so the creature effects were a combination the, the close shots were practical and looked okay the wider shots were digital and looked terrible now, this is me, I'm going to sound like old man Crockwell, but I was watching this and it kind of started to blend in my head with another movie based on a video game. And I would say the movie is better than this movie, which is Doom. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you liked Doom more? I thought Doom yeah. was way better. and this is. But here's the thing, see, I have no meta-knowledge, right? To me, Doom had more action and way more good practical monster effects that was the thing that brought me there's a lot of monsters in here and the practical effects are done well and i know it's dumb but there was enough there to hold me whereas with this i found it boring and drab and um yeah generic and is it utilitarian is it perfectly utilitarian to say that this and doom are kind of similar as movies yeah i would say that they have a same energy and this one is the least disappointing to me of the three because it was like my memory of resident evil was like a action game pretending to be a horror game and then my experience of the movie was oh this is like an action film pretending to be a horror film i just i just enjoy in doom i enjoyed the gooey practical monsters more than i enjoyed this and i suppose this has a well the dogs were kind of gooey yeah but we didn't see much of the gooey dogs yeah that was an homage to the the first game. Anyway, it had the the dogs. The first scare in the game was the dogs jumping through the windows. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I found maybe it's the director Anderson. Did Anderson direct um... Wes Anderson? This was a Wes Anderson movie. This is Paul okay. W. S. Anderson. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. Is it him? But. The movie has kind of a man-childish quality to the whole thing, and I found a very man-childish couch masturbator quality, and it it had... Um, <laughs> yeah, I found the whole thing about as dumb as a Fast and the Furious movie. I will agree with you there. And that's sort of what it turned into, was like the zombie version of Fast and the Furious, because there's like, what, six, seven Resident Evil movies? There's six movies, and they get progressively more over the top but they have the same feel of here's a zombie horde thing let's fight it with mila jovovich 
and her superpowers? There's only so many movies because he's married to Mila Jokovic and it's to keep her in a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They're very like the Fast and the Furious films in that, like... It's just zombies instead of cars. I was talking to Lagan about this. Yeah, is the Resident Evil movies, we're only talking about the first one in this podcast, but I'd, I'd happily watch all of them for research purposes. They get more stupid and over the top than the actual games did. Oh, yeah. The games feature, like, world-spanning conspiracies and zombie apocalypses and all the rest of it, but the actual films get way more over the top than the the games did, which I think is quite an achievement, you know? Yeah, because Resident Evil is renowned as, like, one of the more bonkers video game franchises that just sort of goes off the rails repeatedly with every new game, but... They never do, like, the post-apocalypse zombie thing. They always sort of reel it in at the end as much as they can. And the films never reeled it in. But with with regard to the plots getting bigger and bigger, I mean, Lagan poised the question at the beginning, if you remove the game element of the game, what are you left with? And, like, this might sound obvious, but I found all of the script or plot or narrative in all of these paper, paper, paper thing. Yeah. You know, it felt like other, as in, I went away thinking, can you make a movie from a video game? And it's not that you can't have a thin premise, but it really needs to be well. If you have a thin premise, your action or your horror or your character development needs to be really well done. And it's, I mean, like Megan said, it's like they removed the game part of the game and went, is that not enough? Is it not well, okay the way it is? The thing that they did with this movie is they removed the main character from the Resident Evil video game franchise. Mila Jovovich's character was created specifically for the Resident Evil movies. Yeah. Which I think mutates and cheapens the movie franchise. Because if you took some of the characters, like with Silent Hill, and used the same characters in your movie then it adds some sort of homage and depth to the movie itself, which this certainly could have used. You do get the uh, the game characters showing up later in kind of cosplay versions of themselves uh, in, in, the, in the later sequels, but yeah, I, gu- I guess coming up with the original character gave him like wiggle room for the plot. For what plot there was. In Resident Evil, the main characters in the first game, and maybe in the second game felt kind of thin because like you you were you know they were just there for you to pilot like they were stuck in the spooky mansion and they were trying to get out of the spooky mansion and that was like the the plot yeah you could only do so much with playstation one right yeah but they could have still had the same name and then built characterization that they didn't have in the games on top of that it was just crazy that um mila Djordjevic was like this action character what was her name? Does anyone remember what Alice. her name was? Alice. Does it even, what name? Does it even matter? something. Yeah. yeah, doesn't matter. You have Alice and the Red Queen. Oh, okay. That's so there fucking stupid. The The Red Queen is this um, computer program they developed to uh, protect the Hive. And um, the movie opens with the Red Queen taking drastic measures to prevent a virus outbreak by just killing all the employees in the hive. And that's that's why the SWAT team gets sent in is to shut her down and figure out what happened. Right. And she was a little girl because the guy who made the T-virus made it because his daughter died. 
right? Yes. He made the program after his little daughter. And one of the more famous moments from from this movie was uh, she turns to the camera and goes, you're all going to die down here. Which was lame. That stuff wasn't in the games, right? It wasn't in the first two games, at least, because they're the only two I played. Nah, nah, they weren't in that. That was a lot more the Raccoon City stuff rather than the let's go to Umbrella or like Traverse the World or whatever that came in the later ones. This movie, as I'm, I'm repeating myself now, but I found the way the zombies were lit, the way they were lit with really flat, harsh light. There didn't seem to be any fucking attempt to make them creepy, and they just look stupid. <laughs> they just look stupid. Yeah, it's very cookie cutter zombie style, which Resident Evil is not known for. Yeah, it just looked like Halloween costume store zombies. Here we go. <laughs> One thing that is interesting in the first Resident Evil game that I always remember that is it wasn't in this at all is the whole thing. <laughs> There's a part where you find a diary of a guy locked into that was locked in a room while he was very slowly turning into a zombie. So we don't get anything like that level of characterization of zombies. I'm not even sure this movie can be compared to at least the Resident Evil, like the, the first game or even the second game. It's just so different, right? How did you guys feel about the laser hallway? Because I think that's kind of the most re- memorable. Oh, you mean the cube? <laughs> <laughs> I obviously had watched this movie or maybe been brought to the cinema to see it when it came out because I was like, oh, I know what's going to happen here. They're all going to get minced. So I must have seen yeah. it before at some point. Any horror yeah. aficionados had, would notice that hallway thing where it's like, oh, lasers in the hallway. Someone's going to get like cut to ribbons because that, that happened in... There's three movies based off of just that gag. What, the <laughs> yeah. Cube? Cube, is it? Yeah. Maybe I'd seen Cube uh, I, before. I personally didn't like the laser hallway because why it's lots of people's favorite parts. I was like, this film is supposed to be about zombies. And and a hallway took out four of them. Yeah. Yeah. And a, yeah, a hallway took out most of the characters. Like I would have preferred if something zombie related had taken out most of the characters. You know. Yeah, but also it just look. I know it's a hard, dumb horror movie, but as a defense mechanism, as a computer... <laughs> We're going to build a defense mechanism so nobody can get to the computer. What is it? It's a laser that randomly slices people. You know... Fucking it, stupid. Yeah, it should have been gas or something. Or, yeah, I mean, as a zombie movie goes, it would have been more interesting if there was just zombies down there. Yeah, right? How's a zombie gonna eat a computer, turn it into a zombie computer? Not gonna happen. Or just, just have it kill one person yeah. and they disarm yeah. it or something like that. Yeah. There's better ways to do it. Have less people to begin with and have it kill just one person. <laughs> yeah, I have mean... a computer remote. What's funny uh, is the effects, the, the, practical, the practical effects surrounding that sequence and the optical effects were pretty good. And then it fell apart later on in the movie, but... Um, yeah, the, the melty yeah. eyeball. Oh, that, that was the part that stuck with me. That was pretty cool. The dog kicking. Everything. Uh, yeah, just the the creature, whatever we're going to call it, the bigger creatures. Nemesis. The train sequence. He has a name. Was this, was this movie made before or after Ghosts of Mars? Probably after, but the train was in the game. So they were copying the... Ca- fair enough. Yeah. I was wondering about that going, this yeah. train looks like the same train from Ghosts of Mars that they've... Uh, repurposed and just painted differently. Yeah, at the end of Resident Evil 2, you're escaping the the Raccoon City in this big underground train, and guess what happens? A big monster starts to rip the train apart. Okay, so that was kind of faithful. That sequence was faithful to the game. <laughs> yeah. 
At, at least we got Chekhov's pipes. Just oh, let, let me just like transport this uh, bunch of pipes suspended in the middle of the train, yeah. and it's definitely not mm-hmm. going to go into anything. Mm-hmm. Nope. The pipes, and then there was a pipe that was perfectly cut at an angle to make a spear out of. Yep, which was convenient. <sighs> so bad. Can we talk about Silent Hill? <laughs> I, I Silent Hill the video game is great. So yeah, it's very good. Silent Hill the movie is uh there's a lady whose name i can't remember and she's adopted a kid is the kid called cheryl in the movie too uh sharon (laughs) sharon okay anyway so the name is changed to sharon for some reason and the kid is having nightmares about a place called silent hill and the mom thinks it would be good for her to go back to silent hill to uh figure out what's wrong uh but the dad played by sean bean is like oh that sounds like a pretty bad idea I've clearly watched more horror movies than you. And so the mom abducts the kid and takes the kid back to Silent Hill. Uh, When she gets the kid back to Silent Hill, which is like a weird ghost town because a coal fire underneath it has obliterated the town. Weird and eerie stuff starts happening there as the origins of Sharon. Uh, That's hard to say when I know that she was called Cheryl in the games. uh, is, Is slowly revealed in just buckets of exposition that just went on and, and on, on and on and yeah, and that was a really oh, problematic part. That of the was movie. the thing. So one of the things I liked about the game is that you could play through it highly confused, not knowing why is any of this happening, and you, the player, had to kind of piece together what was happening through little cryptic snips and snaps given by people who were be all being obstreperous. Like, you'd, you'd meet some weird character, and the weird character would go, blah, 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 and then disappear through a door. And you're like, what is what is happening? And then by the time you get to the end of the game, it, it's quite possible that you still haven't pieced it together. And that's great. But in the movie, they were like, oh, you can't have a plot without it being explained. Every I think every information point in this movie is explained at least twice by different characters, in case you missed it. Silent Hill, this movie really illustrates the fatal flaw of all the video game movies. A video game as medium can do more with storytelling because it can be longer because well, you expect it to be 40 story. hours yeah. or whatever. So it can do a lot more with the plot. While if you try to adapt something, the plot of a video game to a movie, you have to just jam all this lore and exposition into, like, two hours. And Brian, it's worse than that, right? Because they added extra characters and extra, so many extra characters that weren't actually in the games. They split the uh, instigator of all the badness into two separate characters what, Alessa and Sharon or something? Dahlia Gillespie, who's like the deranged mother and the leader of the weird cult. Oh, yeah, yeah, they split that. They were just the same person, and mm-hmm. she wasn't really a sympathetic character. Dahlia Gillespie raises this lady to be... A, a, the plot is all backwards and bananas compared to how it is in the game. And like I said, in the game, you may not actually grok what the plot is by the time you finish the game. You might be left there going... What? What happened? I don't know. I better play the game again to try and figure it out. Yeah, get (laughs) the good ending. Yeah. It's funny because for me, I think of the three that we selected, it did the best job of recreating the atmosphere from the games. Yeah. 100%. And I'll give it credit there is that the aesthetics of it, they matched very closely. 
And what I, oh, if I was thinking about things about this film I actually like, one, they just lifted a lot Pyramid of the soundtrack head. directly. Well, mm, <laughs> they lifted a lot of the soundtrack directly from the games. They did. Did anyone yeah. else notice that the music in this was kind of like a little bit weird? It's funny, one of the notes I made was about the music. Again, not having played the video game, but kind of knowing it. You've touched on some of the things that I felt where production and cinematography it's of the three it's the classiest it looks like a horror movie it looks great the horror imagery is fantastic it's the most well conceived of all of the movies in terms of how the horror imagery looked i thought some of that just on its own was great but i had a problem with the soundtrack i recognized the music from the video game but i thought this score is not suitable for a horror movie it's totally wrong I I liked the score, Ugh. but I might be a, I might be a sucker just for like classical music. I like the score too, but precisely for the the reasons Christians pointing out is that it was very weird to have that kind of music in a horror film. Like like there's one particular track. something and it's the track where she's like running around town and she's looking at maps and she's trying to figure out where the school is and it was like oh i love me some of that you know and so it's like the movie's theme poor old kevin mcleod i wish him all the luck in the world and i really like kevin mcleod but a standard horror movie score in the way christian hated the music because it was so weird I liked it because it was so no, I just, weird. It, 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 well, no, I get if it has purchase related to the video game, obviously that was the choice that was made. But I just, I just watching it as a movie, it's not a horror movie score. It, it felt more a maybe mystery thriller at best. Well, that was part of the, the in, in all the scenes where they used it, it was sort of like unraveling. I know, but then you've got, right? for, for me, you've got, of the three movies, you've got the strongest horror movie imagery in this like some of the stuff looks fantastic yeah it oh. looked great the nurses the yeah. nurses the uh, pyramid head and the bugs and even when everything went goopy and dark and horrible yeah that all looked great and cinematography was great but the fucking the fucking narrative and the character actions and the plot were yeah, fucking I, mess I, right it started out as a mess to be fair silent hill plot is fucking nuts let me just Google, uh, look up Silent Hill on ghosttownsofamerica.com. Yeah. Better find out what's happening. <laughs> the only oh, interesting shit, yeah. takeaway from this for me was um, the actual town it's based on is a wonderful premise for a horror movie where you could blend fact and fiction. Centralia. It was a Pennsylvania mining town. And that that's the weird thing is I'm not sure whether the Silent Hill directors, uh, Silent Hill creators, the original, the video game guys knew about Centralia, but the actual original Silent Hill that like was in the video game was based on a different little town and I don't know how much they knew about Centralia. You know there's like a Japanese thing of thinking American culture is cool? The Silent Hill game was made as kind of an ode, a kind of like a, a tribute to all of this American horror stuff that they loved, which was weird because then it turned out having its own flavor. It, it wound up a little bit weird and that kind of made it even 
better. A bit like spaghetti westerns, it became its own thing where you have two cultures that kind of fuse. But uh, yeah, the narrative fell apart. And like this movie is two hours. And it could it easily. It doesn't need to be two no, hours. No, it could it's have easily. So... so long. Could have been 90 minutes. The third act is a fucking mess. And the Sean Bean, who's a fine actor, he's given nothing to do. Like nothing. Nothing yeah. to do. As a waste. Like it almost felt, it almost felt like Christian that they were setting him up for a sequel that never happened. Ah, uh, there was a sequel. Oh, there was a sequel. I'm right. I forgot that there was a yeah, sequel. Yeah, but he wasn't in it. Don't worry. They about don't get it. Sean Bean yeah, for the I shitty thought sequel. Sean Bean was going to go off on a proper quest, and he just kind of fails miserably and goes away. No, he, he shouldn't have been in it. And in fairness, so the first game, it's it's the dad, it's the Sean Bean kind of character driving to Silent Hill with his daughter. And the mom, I think they get into the fact that she died at some point, but they don't, I don't think they explain it. And then, boom, we're into Silent Hill and you have a Sean Bean type character. Nothing wrong with having the mom character wandering around, but have her wander around by herself. I hated all the parts where it cut back to Sean Bean in the real world. So unnecessary, you know? And, And broke all the tension. Yeah, I think it was only to set up the ending. I think that's the only reason he was there. Can I ask the female cop character, that was that an element of the game or not? Yeah. She was in the first game, right? It was more realistic that the cop character was like, you are now my prisoner and now we're wandering around as a unit together. But like, you could solve that as well by having like a monster jump out and the woman runs off. For uh, That's what they did do, right? A monster jumped out and then the woman ran off to the school by herself. In the game, the cop character does show up and, and you wake up in a cafe after being attacked by a monster and the cop is there and the cop is like, stay here. Here's a gun. I'm going to figure out what's going on. But you stay here. And then she leaves. And then the cafe gets attacked by a monster. And then the thing I disliked about this movie was how many scenes people were wandering around together and talking because a very strong part of the game is you are by yourself wandering around in this very spooky environment. There's a scene in this ga- in this movie where there's three characters wandering around going exposition, exposition, exposition. The movie was average at best, and then the third act, the old-timey film stuff with the exposition, <laughs> we need to talk about that because it was so fucking bad. Yeah, for as much as it explains to us, um, Mike and I happened to watch this movie together and we sat for like a half hour, like piecing together all of the like loopholes and the weird parts that they didn't explain. So move over, Detective Grape. Move over, Detective Gravy. Detective Gucci is on the case. Detective <laughs> Detective Gucci was there 30, 40 years ago when um, Alessa was part of this failed ritual. He is also in the modern day, and he hasn't aged a a minute. And that makes it so confusing to figure out what the fuck was supposed to be happening, you know? Yeah, and so there's just little, like, interesting things like that for as much exploring as they do. They don't really explore. Um, The the cult that has been trapped in Silent Hill, you're like, oh, this this crazy cult. But the reason that they've been able to survive all this time must be because their beliefs are correct. They believe that the the church protects them against this uh, evil demon, and and they're right. If they're in the church, they're safe. Yeah, and none of that shit is in the game. In the game, the reason Silent Hill 
is still all messed up and stuff and kind of stuck in this limbo is because Cheryl, your daughter, the good part of Alessa, escaped out of Silent Hill. And the only way that the Silent Hill thing can uh, finish is to bring Cheryl back to Silent Hill, which you, the main character, um, unwittingly do. Because prophecies. Or whatever. It's so convoluted, this Silent Hill movie. And I didn't like that they over-explained everything. Well, by the time this movie came out, they had four Silent Hill games. Well, I play, Well, the fourth Silent Hill game, called Silent Hill The Room, had nothing to do, I don't think, with the weird cult. Still, that's a lot of canon built up to try to fucking handle. And it's just, it's just not going to work. They only had to do the canon for the first movie, first game. Yes, that is what they needed to do, and that's what they should have done. But I think they tried to bite off all of the stuff that had been created by this time. We, we don't know like, if we're going to get a second movie. Just put, put all of it in there, guys. Which they did make, Silent Hill 2 Revelations. It was so bad, guys. So bad, I watched it. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> Couldn't tell you what happens. Let's move on to the biggest pile of shit. Uh, oh, Christian, oh. I think it's your job to introduce this. <laughs> What's the name of this movie again? House of the Dead. Oh, yeah. So House of the Dead is a movie directed by Uwe Ball about a group of teenagers who want to go to a music festival on an island. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. And uh, so... <laughs> They pay a fisherman to bring them there called Captain Kirk. (laughs) Who says, I don't like no Captain Kirk jokes. And so they get there and the captain's like, oh, you know, they call it Island de Morte. That means death. And they get there and uh, yeah. Uh, Everyone is not at the music festival. They They don't seem that troubled though. What you haven't brought up Christian is none of those people that we spend a lot of the first chunk of the film with. Most of them aren't the main character, but our actual main character was at the music festival already, and he we get a little bit of VO of him at the start, but then we don't catch up with him till those idiots come across the spooky house. By the way, when you say spooky house, it's a church in a graveyard that they have to keep calling a house so that the movie can be the house of the dead. Yeah. Because otherwise they didn't have a house. Yeah. Um, I think, I think. look, let's just pause it there as the introduction to the movie. There's not much more to say about it. You said that this one was your favorite film. Wasn't that it, Brian? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. And the soundtrack, superb. <laughs> the original score for this movie... Fucking amazing. I think we need to talk about really uh, the more interesting part of this is who Uwe Ball is and how these how these movies got made, how he how he became a, a prolific director. So we've covered the asylum. We've covered what other bad movie tropes have we covered? Just as a like a institution unto themselves. Because this is one I'm surprised we haven't gotten to yet. Even knowing his reputation, I was shocked at how utterly garbage. Like it was unbelievable. Like, and this film made me go watch a doc. I watched a documentary about Uwe Ball because I couldn't believe that this thing was allowed to come to pass. I watched a little documentary as well about how this came to pass and how it was basically a, a, a tax haven for German businessmen. But um, 
Did Sega have anything to do with this? They they sponsored the rave, at least. They gave them a banner for the rave. <laughs> Here's my understanding, Christian, and I don't know is this fully true, because I think what's happening is it's very complex, and all the videos try to summarize it, but they summarize them sloppily, so I've heard different summarizations. So at some point, an Amer- American studios, production house, I don't know what you call them, bought the rights to House of the Dead. And then as a tax break, the German guys who own the U- the German government loads of money in tax buy the rights... To moderately successful video games. I'm aware of that part, but... but, but so I suppose if they bought the rights, Sega kind of have no choice but to... Could it just been free ad space? Yeah. The American production company didn't want to actually make the movie, so they sold the rights to the German guy, and then the German guy was like, who can I get to make this film for relatively cheap? Because I want to... And I think the way it works, I'm not sure, is you get a tax credit. The German government was trying to encourage German filmmaking. And I think that's what happened, is like, instead of paying tax, I will actually wind up having to pay less tax if I get this German guy. The thing I watched, it had to be a German film crew. So maybe UA Ball, there just wasn't that many people hanging around and UA Ball was sitting in the wings waiting to scoop it up. Yeah, That's what he does. Because UA Ball is bad at almost everything. No, but UA Ball should, should have been a film producer. He would have been a great film producer. He should have been a greasy producer who's like, no problem, leave it with me. I'll get you the cash. That's who you have all yeah. should have been. Because um, he's clearly good at getting the films met. Like, there's films that should never have existed that Yui Ball just forced into existence through willpower. I think he does that producer role and director role. Yeah, but he should have mm. just been the producer. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Probably shouldn't have been that either, right? <laughs> We all enjoy B-movies. To get moderately well-made B-movies made, he would have been a great producer, and he could have had a prolific career at that. But anyway, he obviously is a guy with an ego. But let's get into the movie a bit as well. Um, ah. So the things about this film that make this film amazing is we already know we're in trouble. Christian, do you know the name of the filter? The film, after some really garbage voiceover and garbage encounters with captain kirk we get like this intro scene that just shows literal scenes from the video game with this garbage yeah. filter. Oh. Yeah. just the movie at a technical level and this is the thing i often focus on like it's as well as well or as badly shot depending on your point of view as many movies of that period it's got your typical helicopter shots that just tracking shots with dolly shots the lighting is very very flat a bit like resident evil it's it's moderately well made te- te- at a technical level. It's the acting and the dialogue and, and everything else and the boobies. Well, and, and how the story is put, to, like the how, uh, like wipes, like using a funny funny wipe, like a funny scene transition. You can get away with that. But I, I was I actually watched this film twice. Would you believe it? Wow! And I I counted. That like he he was just playing with the with the deck. Like there was like a blood drip wipe, there was the side wipe, there was the zoom in wipe. Like it, like there was just no discipline. There's a thing that, that I found really problematic. I mean everything else is, but <laughs> with the police boat is pursuing him, and it was like they shot the scene with the police officers talking, and it didn't work, or they it it failed, and they just had this really really bad vo on top of the helicopter shots of the police boat 
and it was, I, fucking yeah, didn't I, I work. Noticed, yeah. yeah, I noticed that too, Christian. But he, here's the thing I don't know, because Yui Ball is such a bad filmmaker, or he, at least he was when he was making this film. He still is. But I think before he quit, he was getting a little bit better, and then he quit. Oh, he quit? Oh, nice. They talk about shame. the last few movies he made being kind of interesting. Now he's yeah. a restaurant owner. So L. Ron Hubbard proved with his Navy that making a Navy was easier than making movies because he tried to make movies too and it collapsed. And I think Huey Ball proves that uh, having a successful restaurant is easier than making movies. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But but anyway, but anyway, I want to I want to say the Christian the point I was trying to make before is yeah, it, it's I couldn't tell because in a standard film where everything else was competent but there was like a weird VO shot with a boat, you'd be like, "Oh, they mustn't have been able to get permission to shoot on the police boat, so they just did it with VO." Or is it just poor filmmaking? Did he think that yeah, would be this, acceptable? Yeah, the thing you can't tell with Yui Ball is yeah. which decisions were made because for like necessity and which decisions, bad decisions were made out of like, I'm, I'm capable of doing filmmaking. And with Yui Ball, you can't tell. That's why <laughs> he got so famous. Movie, uh, famously mm. has just uh, moments of the game randomly cut Called into it. it for transitions. And, and in that documentary, someone asked him like, why'd you do that? And he's like, I thought it was cool. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> did, 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 did they? Yeah. To remind you that it was a video game. I, I counted um, 29 total uses of the oh, game. I thought it was a lot less. And and 19 of those come from this... Uh, we could, I don't know if we're talking about it now, but this extended oh. scene in the graveyard. This action scene that just goes on for minutes. Oh my god, that was like a 20-minute action scene of like the Matrix uh, intercut with like arcade, 90s arcade video game shots they were clearly very proud of all the footage they got because of instead of picking and choosing they're just we shot a lot of 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 action footage today let's just use all of it it. that must have been days and days and days of reshoots if you uses reshoots but there's as i said it's it's it gets very disorientating because so Dumb. Some no, but some of the action stuff is competent. There's some individual shots where you go, "That is competent." You yeah, go, especially the the 360 yeah. shots. You go for early 2000s. That's kind of a nifty shot. Now, well, there's, I don't know. And it's competent. No, like, it was- competent, but but what's the taste level? It is level? at least ambitious for him to attempt like the Matrix style 360 camera. It, it is amazing the transition between these zombie action shots that look subpar to a fan movie and then all of a sudden there's a 360 shot and you're like what is going on there's also there's <laughs> yeah. there's a shot in this movie that caused my head to hurt because it's i i think it was an accident that they had to leave in but it, it also is a homage to ed wood if you want to give him more credit than he deserves where there's a fight in the grave and a gravestone wobbles yeah there's another part where these j- a zombie jumps in the wood woods and you can see the springboard, like the springboard <laughs> that the actor is jumping off is just. But one visible. of the famous, one of the famous, famous Ed Wood things was Plan Nine from Outer Space, and yep. a headstone wobbles. And there's a scene in this where a cop is fighting a zombie and a headstone wobbles. And I'm just wondering. <sighs> I don't think it's an homage. I, I think I, it's I, just I, like I think poor... it was just poor everything. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, Uwe Vol clearly does. 
have great respect and love for cinema is kind of the tragic thing. Yeah. He clearly spent a lot of time researching films and watching movies, uh, but that clearly did not translate into his ability to make them. Yeah. Hey, he's got a lot of passion, but no follow-through. I mean, he has the follow-through, it's just no talent. <laughs> okay, like... yeah. <laughs> I watched his Outfitch movie after this. Oh, you did? How, yeah. What's that like? It's yeah. a it's a peculiar movie. It was like the later phase of Uwe Ball, some people have described as actually interesting, and there's some things of merit there. And at least with the Outfitch movie, the intent was sort of... I suppose had a bit more integrity, uh, especially directed by a German person. It's a weird mashup of feature film and documentary, um, and it's a bit all over the kip. But there's some disturbing little sequences in it. It's a yeah. it's and a so peculiar I, film. I think he genuinely because this is a thing. This was a thing. I'm not sure is it a thing anymore of accusing Uwe Ball of being like cynical, like that he just wanted to make cheap movies and for cash. I do honestly think that he there's no question that he did want to make movies that people would enjoy. It's just he's he wasn't up to the task. Yeah. Well, at things all. can be more than one thing. It was probably all of that stuff cuz he certainly released a large volume of movies. And that smells of cash grab. He he had yeah that does smell of cash grab and he has a tremendous ego. Mhm. The, the the video that he famously posted a few years ago saying fuck everybody. Oh yeah, that's because he couldn't get funding anymore because. Oh, was it? Because he did yeah. famously try to box one of the his detractors. Oh yeah, yeah no, he did. He, he, yeah, he, he did. set up a boxing match. This it's so tragic. I think like he clearly has some. You know this the part in Futurama where Leela sleeps with Zach Brannigan and he she's like, you know, you you have this brash, horrible exterior this egomaniac moron, but then underneath it, you see that you're this insecure little boy. But the problem is, on top of that insecure little boy, there's this brash egomaniac not... And that's Yuri Ball. Like, I, he set up this boxing match. With film uh, critics, was it? Yeah, with the critics. And everyone thought it was a joke. Everyone, no, three separate critics showed up to fight him. And it, they all thought this was kind of going to be a fun thing. Because none of them had... Yeah, an exhibition. No one had looked up the fact that Yui Ball is built like a yeah, brick shit. Yeah, he's an amateur boxer too. Yeah, and so he fucking knocked the shit out of all of them. And then instead, you see, here's the thing. I was saying this to Lagan is all he needed to do is at the end of that boxing match, he needed to like pick up the microphone and go, talk shit, get hit, and then march off. And that would yeah, been but that d- wouldn't actually do anything because it's just like okay, these people. We're like, your movie is bad, here's why. And he's like, my movie is not bad, I'm going to punch you, but I'm not actually refuting your arguments of why I have bad movies. So while it is an entertaining story, he's just proving the point of all of his critics. Yeah. But instead, it's so sad. After the boxing match, he goes on this ramble and he says, this is to prove that just that like these people, they cannot fight. They Just like they cannot fight. Their opinions, their opinions are also shit. Like their ability to fight, I am Yui Ball, and it was like it was cringe-inducing to watch him not be able to form. The it's like, oh my god, this little denouement at the end of you knocking the shit out of these guys is exactly as bad as your films. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it was yeah. it, it was very that thing was very reminiscent of. It's basically Basil Fawlty saying, "Right, would you like to run the hotel customer?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. You know? <laughs> yeah, like I said, I kind of feel sorry for him 
But then, like, Leela, you remember that he's an asshole? Like, he's clearly got problems, but he's also an asshole. And he has talents and skills, but, like, he's not able to bring them to bear in the right directions. It, it's, you know, it's just, it's kind of sad. He's, like, a guy who clearly has something, but he's not able to, like, drive it in the right direction, you know? Yeah, it, it feels like a, a fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, and then three, for however many times he's made a movie. You know, he kept saying, like, oh, I'm making better and better movies, but you only get so many chances, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we get this incredible backstory of the villain who is... Is it this... incredible? It's it's incredible for out- <laughs> how outrageous it is. <laughs> He's the Spanish guy who who discovered this formula for oh, yeah. eternal life, and he's and they try to hang him. But he's like, "Fuck you! I'm living forever." Um, cut forward. He has he has made his little island, and he periodically collects um, people, turns them into zombies. He's a Frankenstein. He's a Frankenstein. Like he he partially like recreates his own body every once in a while, but like he also clearly doesn't need that many zombies to do that. And the thing is, um, Scooby-Doo, Zombie Island did a much better version of this plot, (laughs) and it came out five years before this movie, for the record. It's so bad. Uh, Oh, yeah, and Christian, you've never, you, you vaguely remember me playing House of the Dead, but you don't remember... You probably don't remember the fundamentals of it. Yeah, can I ask, was was House of the Dead the video game set on an island? No. Here's the thing is, House of the Dead, at the end, do you remember when the two guys in helicopters show up and one says he's Agent G? Yeah. And then yeah, they yeah. ask the guy what his name is and he says, Curian, Rudolph Curian. And that's supposed to be like a stinger, except nobody gives a shit. That's, mm-hmm. He's the main bad guy in the video games. So you find out after sitting through this horrible thing that this movie is intended as a prequel to all of the games you played. And here's the thing. The House of the Dead games are garbage. and Not garbage. They're great, fun, light games. But people don't watch them for their, vi- for their uh, plot and storyline. It's like, a, it's, it's, a th- it's a, you stand there with it's a plastic gun. It's an arcade shooter. Yeah, it's an arcade shooter. You shoot the zombies with your plastic gun. It's great fun. It was one of my favorite arcade games growing up. And uh, it's probably st- I would probably still have lots of fun playing it. Uh, but it's it's not a game you play for its story. So it was bananas to make a movie of this to begin with. But if I had to make a movie of House of the Dead, uh, the only way I think you could do it where it would be entertaining at all is, has anyone seen Hardcore Henry? Oh, yeah, I know that one. That's the one filmed with the GoPro. It's all first person. Oh, yeah, it's a yes. first, person, first person parkour action film. And I think that would be the only way to make anything that's even like vaguely like the experience of play. I, I'm not even sure would it be worth making, but Probably that's not. how you do it. You'd have like a, like a zombie action film, but done as like a first person like type thing and then that way you at least are fully capturing the spirit of the thing because there's like 50 million characters in this not 50 million it feels like there's too many characters in this movie and we don't care about any of them and the the graveyard shootout was probably the closest point to capturing the spirit 
of the game, but even that, it's not like it, it was boring and long and am, weirdly amateurish, but like with these inserts that let you know it cost money, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's funny because uh, a, taking a game with no plot means that you have the most wiggle room for the thing you're going to make. And maybe that was the problem, is that he just had too much wiggle room. And and so he, you know, it's like, what do I do with my hands? But it's it's <laughs> remarkable how a scenario like Silent Hill, where you had plot, it was still a fucking disaster. Well, that was the, th- I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not sure I'd call the Silent Hill movie a disaster. Uh, it was more like movie. it was a gar- disappointment, it was like m- m- disappointment, mediocre and I think that problem, the problem with that one is they wanted wriggle room is because the director obviously brought a whole bunch of extra nonsense that he wanted to put in, but he still wanted to put in the original Silent Hill plot. So we got like two movies worth of plot squished on top of each other in a like a way that didn't work. Christian, do you remember in Silent Hill the first time everything goes spooky and she's wandering around with the cigarette lighter in an alleyway. Do you remember that part? Like she goes yeah. down this alleyway with a cig. So that is unusual in that I think it's the only scene out of all of these where they not only borrowed the visuals from the game, they borrowed the camera angle. And this is why I like the Silent Hill game so much. Is You know the way the camera moved all weird and it kind of rotated around her as she walked down the alley? Maybe you don't remember that. Do you remember that? Vaguely, oh, like yeah. kind of. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, wow, they're honoring Silent Hill so much that they're honoring individual camera angles. And but then then it all fell apart. Like we've saw like they 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 and I think that's the only one of all of these where it's like that are like the source material had something that could be imported directly into the movie. That was like, yeah, I mean, I mean, UVA ball in certain shots of the video game, it would be like. If you were, it would be like if John Carpenter was the thing randomly cut to a still shot of the book sitting on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. You see, look, it was yeah. a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god, it was so crap. Uh, by the way, pour one out for all the girls who got their boobs out for this movie. Yeah, imagine oh. getting your boobs out for House of the Dead. Yeah, I was gross. watching. I was watching this, and you know I, I, I had a. Gross... They were probably doing it anyway. Let's be real. Well, I had a gross moment going. Oh, these are the kind of girls that Harvey Weinstein loved. Oh, yeah. c- come on, Ow. come on. <clears throat> Let's do our final push. <clears throat> yeah. All right, I'll go first. Um, Silent Hill. Uh, I'd say watch with friends. Um, me and some of my friends from college made a drinking game out of it where every time you see Silent Hill on the screen, you drink, and then when the air raid siren goes off, you drink for the entirety of the siren. Um, that's fun. It certainly is probably the most ambitious out of any of these movies, so it's kind of worth it, even if it's ultimately not great. Um, Resident Evil... And House of the Dead, Jesus, I almost forgot the name of that movie. Just nothing. No. No, mm-hmm. not worth it. Do something better with your time. Resident Evil is a is a very dumb zombie movie, and Brian did, said he didn't like it because he likes the games too much. But if, if you don't like the games too much, I think it's a fun watch with friends, dumb zombie movie. Uh, the... 
I, I noted the long boots with a dress kind of look that was then again aped in the Silent Hill movies. And I was like, oh, is that a thing that was happening at the time? Um, Silent Hill, I think, is overstuffed with. I, 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 it might be worth a look, but actually, I would, I would, yeah, maybe give that a look if you're a fan of the games. But like, I, I think it would almost be worth. Like, you wouldn't be missing much if you gave it a miss. Uh, maybe, maybe watch with friends, and then the Yui Ball one, the House of the Dead. If you are, maybe get a lot of friends together. And I don't, I don't drink, but maybe this isn't one you need alcohol for. It might be fun to watch with friends in some sort of like drunken way. But like, oh my god, watching it by yourself is kind of a like. I think I'm about to watch a real movie is painful. So don't watch it by yourself. <laughs> Maybe watch it with your friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, House of the Dead um, is definitely the... It's funny, it it can be so bad it's good, but it can also just be really inexplicably <laughs> boring at the same time. It's very strange. Uh, I, will, I would put Resident Evil in uh, Watch With Friends, especially if you marathon some of the later ones as they get wackier. Oh yeah, that's a whole different context. Silent Hill, it's kind of the trickiest one to place. It's the closest one to uh, watch by yourself. But it, yeah, as we've said, it it gets um, maybe a little too ambitious or whatever you want to call it. So uh, we'll put it in its own little Silent Hill purgatory. How about that? (laughs) Sure, yeah. I could say, I could be me. See, it's very hard with this because do I judge these it's very hard to separate them from the genre and go, would I just look at these in movies or would I look at them in the context of the genre? I could say at their, at their worst, these three movies are nothing more than corporate cash grabs and ignore them. At best, if you're a man-child couch masturbator, you might enjoy them. But in the context of the ranking, I would say Bin, um, Resident Evil. I would say that Silent Hill just on a technical level for me, had some interesting filmmaking. I liked the visuals and cinematography and some of the atmosphere. And I think Resident Hill is a frustrating one because that might have been salvageable. Resident <laughs> Hill? Resident <laughs> Hill. <laughs> Silent <laughs> Evil. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Silent House is the one. <laughs> House on the Silent Hill? Oh, there we go. Uh, Silent of the Dead is the one that you could turn, that was the most, I suppose, salvageable, uh, if you thought that this could be salvaged into 90 minutes of something that's actually okay. It had atmosphere, it had cinematography and effects, but it lost it in the third act. And then the UA Ball movie could be a watch with friends, because for obvious reasons, it's so incompetently made. I feel like if you're going to go watch some of his movies, there's probably more over-the-top movies that you could find in his library. Yeah, there's meant to be in his latter stages, meant to be what they call Raging Bull, some kind of crazy yeah. anti-establishment movies. I watched his Outsfitch movie, which was probably not a bad... I was just I was just really curious, because like I've heard British... Uh, Mark Kermode is a fantastic British BBC critic say, I hope Tarantino never makes a movie about something real-life and serious. It's fine, Christian. Everybody becomes a little bull curious at some point in their life. Oh. 